Welcome to the dark side of the human condition. My tribal name is Freya, and I'll be your host on a weekly basis, where I will be shedding some light on what the dark side consists of in all humans everywhere around the world from birth till death. Each week I'll be bringing you into the deep and, yes, sometimes very dark side of the human experience. You know, those experiences that we as a society try to run from, to hide from, and yet we are fascinated by the very nature of our dark side. Some might even say we're drawn to it, the core essence of what we as humans try to deny. I like to think of it as the savage that lives deep within us all. As we dive deep into the recesses of our minds, of course, we'll be bringing you some of the greatest minds in the field to explore where we've been, where we are now, and where we may be heading in the near future. We will be going live at some point, so you can chime in in real time. But before we begin this journey, let me share this disclaimer with you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose, medically treat, any condition, persuade, or change you in any way. So if you feel the need to get professional help, please do so. What it is meant to do is to inspire you to dig deep within your psyche, to challenge your views on this thing we call life. So with that said, let's dive in. uncertain times we're living in, many people are seeking answers to such questions like, what is happening to our society? Has the whole world gone stark raving and mad? And are some people just born evil? Is it a learned or environmental condition? Is it a quantified mental disorder? Egoism? And why are we so afraid of everyone in everything. Why are we so divided and so angry? And are we really living in the matrix? Is there some dark force taking control over us or has it always been there but now we're seeing it more clearly? And if it exists, has it existed since the dawn of time? How can we recognize it? What if anything can we do about it? And when if ever we get back to our normal lives. The dark side of the human condition is where we'll explore some options and possible remedies to these and many more issues. So just what is the dark side of the human condition and why is it so deeply rooted within us all, even if we're not aware of it? Are we as a society doomed to self-destruction? If we can't begin to acknowledge and learn to live constructively with our dark side? I believe it's the core essence of what we as humans try to deny. Some might say it's the savage that lives deep within us all. In future episodes, we'll explore a wide array of perspectives like religion, sex, toxic relationships, race relations, dark money, dark politics, narcissism, good versus evil, and so many more topics which have dwelled just beneath the surface throughout the history of time within the human existence. Some might say that it's a wide array of perspectives which lie just beneath the surface throughout the history of time. That's true. It'll continue to be pondered, debated, analyzed until the end of human civilization as we know it. 
And some say these human experiences encapsulate areas such as psychology, philosophy, physiology, and our environment. Yes, it's true that the human condition dwells deep within our thoughts and our feelings, our perceptions and our physical responses, but how we respond to these aspects is how we experience our lives, such as aggressive impulses, self-induced shameful experiences, immoral urges, irrational reactions, taboo secretive sexual desires. These are just a few examples of the dark side of the human condition, but don't get it twisted though. We all have a dark side. Some of us are aware of it, and some of us are not. And each week as I'll be bringing you into the deep and yes, sometimes very dark side of the human experience, those experiences that we as a society try to run from, to hide from, and yet we're fascinated by the very nature of our dark side. Rather than confront something we don't like, our mind pretends that it doesn't exist. So once acknowledged, can anything be done about it? Leads me to one of the reasons why I'm bringing this podcast to the world. My tribe, if you will. We all have a tribe, whether we know it or not. And we all have a message deep within our soul. A message that's just begging to be released to the world. Because we all have a unique story that is worth telling, no matter who you are and what your journey's been. I don't believe that anyone is here on this earth by accident. I also do believe that communication among the human species, or the breakdown of it, is the most critical part of our existence. Sadly though, there seems to be less and less communication going on in recent times, and more and more confusion. Voicing of personal opinions, oligarchical demands without considerations to what other fellow humans may feel, think, need, or desire. So with all that said, how did we get here? And when did we as a society become so self-righteous and indifferent to the plight of our brothers and sisters of the world? Where will this selfie-obsessed, me-first attitude lead our future generations? Do we even care? One might ask, did the creation of social media give rise to a narcissistic generation that truly believes the world revolves around them and that the sun sets on only their front lawn, regardless of what the truth may reveal? What's it going to take to come back to our senses and realize that we need each other? We need to have true compassion and civility if we are to sustain human life on this one and only planet we call home. My question is, what are we going to leave as our legacy to our future generations? And again, I'd ask, do we even care? The truth is, we as humans are highly social creatures. We need to feel like we belong. And the last thing we want is to be excommunicated from our tribe. So in order to avoid being cast out, we do whatever it takes to fit in whether it's for the good or not so good. Acceptance is ingrained biologically and must be attained at all costs for the most part. 
early in our childhood development years, we find where that line is between what is socially acceptable and unacceptable, aka moral versus immoral. And we spend the rest of our lives trying to toe that line. Well, most of us anyway. So if the concept of the dark side of the human condition is new to you, today we're going to break it down for you so that you'll have a better understanding of what, not only what it is, but what, if anything, can we do about it? A little bit about my background. When I was in college some years ago, I majored in psychology because I was extremely fascinated with the human mind and how it functions, and probably more so today. What makes it run like a computer without us even thinking about it? The brain keeps our bodies functioning, again, without us even thinking about it, until it doesn't. I also wanted to discover that elusive and visible line between sanity and insanity. As in, what makes a person normal one day and, say, a serial killer the next? What's the trigger? Is it environmental? Is it biological? And once you cross that line, can you ever truly come back to the normal side ever again? These are questions that may never have an exact valid answer, but if anyone could have had clear observations on that, it might have been one of my favorite mentors, Dr. Carl Gustav Jung, who was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, who was a founder of analytical psychology, among other things, such as a prolific writer, an artist, who most of his work was not published until after his death, and some are still waiting to be published, believe it or not. He surmised through his theories that we distance ourselves psychologically from those behaviors, emotions, and thoughts that we find dangerous. In many of my psych classes, I had formed a fondness for his work as one of my favorite mental theorists. Because he also stated that we all have a brain, yes, but what makes every single mind different psychologically from the next? Now, you might say it's environmental, economical, even physical, and you'd be partially co correct in your assumptions to that point. As all of this has some influence on our mental state, but now more than ever, I believe it's more of a spiritual fight between the moral and immoral beliefs about what our ego needs to survive. And I once read a piece by David R. Hawkins, and I, he has a, a saying I'd like to share with you, and I quote, The ego has learned to be very clever in its order to survive. It is capable of resorting to any lengths of ruse, of self-deception and camouflage. The world we witness is merely a drama of collective egos acting out on a perceptual stage of form and time. The satisfactions of the ego are most pleasurable and addictive than the preservation of human life, much less dignity. 
unquote. So given the parameters that we all start out this life with a body and a mind, but the primordial ego is rooted so deep within our core essence primarily to ensure the survival of this body-mind experience, it would seem that our ego is only the tip of the iceberg floating above the sea, but the subconscious mind is the vast mountain of ice lurking beneath the surface that we cannot see. So that being said, going back to the premise of moral versus immoral, I suppose the best place to start would be to go all the way back to the story of Adam and Eve, the original sin, if you will. First, I'd like to state that though I was raised a Catholic, I have not participated in that realm for many years for my own personal reasons, which are not the purpose of this talk today, as I will be bringing you an episode on religion specifically later And I'm sure my reasons for leaving the church will become pertinent at that time. But for now, let's just go back to the historical Christian biblical narrative. According to the Britannica Britannica Encyclopedia, original sin in the Christian doctrine, the condition or state of sin in which each human being is born, also the origin, the cause, or the source of this state. Traditionally, the origin has been ascribed to the sin of the first man, Adam, who disobeyed God in eating the forbidden fruit of knowledge of good and evil, and in consequence transmitted his sin and guilt by heredity to his descendants. The doctrine has its Uh, basis in the Bible. Although the human condition, suffering, death, and the universal tendency towards sin is accounted for by the story of the fall of Adam in the early chapters of the book of Genesis. The Hebrew scriptures say nothing, though, about transmission of hereditary sin to the entire human race. In the Gospels, also, there are no more than allusions to the notion of the fall of man and universal sin. The doctrine is the prerequisite for the Christian understanding of the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion and atonement. Despite its importance for understanding Jesus' sacrifice, the doctrine of the original sin has been minimized since the European Enlightenment which means a European intellectual movement of the 17th and 18th centuries in which ideas concerning God, reason, nature, and humanity were synthesized into a worldview that gained wide ascent into the West and that instigated revolutionary developments in art, philosophy, and politics. The Age of Enlightenment They were usually referring to a period of the 18th century European history when logic and reason rose to supremacy. During this important period of cultural growth, as central to enlightenment though, were the use of celebration of reason, the power by which humans understand the universe and improve their own condition. The goals of rational humanity were considered to be knowledge, freedom, and happiness. 
The doctrine of the original sin holds that every person born into the world is tainted by the fall of man, as such that all of humanity is ethically debilitated and people are powerless to rehabilitate themselves unless rescued by God. Unquote. So with that, let's refer to that Christian view on the topic. Again, I'm not here to convince you of Christian narratives, nor any narrative for that matter, so believe of it which you will. But many religious cultures believe in a supreme being or a God and believes that sin is the act of disobedience and rebellion against God and that the introduction of sin into the world by Adam and Eve caused the earth and all of its inhabitants to be under sin's curse. And that sin brought God's judgment on mankind, which has the punishment of eternal death. For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 However, the Christians also believe that God made a way by which humans could find a paradon for sin, or pardon, paradon, pardon, through baptism. The significance of baptism is that John the Baptist was sent by God to spread the news of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. John was directed by God to baptize those who accepted his message. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Those baptized acknowledged uh, their sins and professed their faith that through the coming Messiah they would be forgiven. Baptism is significant in that it represents the forgiveness and the cleansing from sin that comes through the faith in Christ. The problem I see is with this ceremony that baptism usually happens when one is a baby. What sins has a baby committed, I wonder? Being born was their first sin. They don't even know what life is at this point, let alone sin or even God. So our parents indoctrinate us into the story that they themselves were indoctrinated into before they had all the information to decide what is or isn't true for themselves. And the story goes on and on and on, generation after generation. It's my personal opinion that whether or not you follow one religion over another, whether or not you believe in God or higher power is irrelevant because we as humans know right from wrong moral versus immoral. And most of society has the ability to decipher between the two. As our reactions and behaviors are solely dependent on our, on our rational depiction of what we as human, a human race should consider moral, ethical, and appropriate to any given situation. The concept of moral is good, as in personal convictions according to societal rules or systems, like helping someone who is terminally ill take their own life to avoid endless pain and eventual slow decline into death, while immoral would be the opposite of good, like committing murder for the sake of hate, jealousy, personal gains, etc., 
So back to that original sin theory. I share an opinion with many that the Garden of Eden was not a real place, but possibly a state of consciousness. An allegorical story, not real figures, but symbolic individuals who symbolized the first humans that rose above the animal man. The tree of knowledge of good and evil may represent that of self-awareness or self-knowledge, the knowledge of the ability and the duality of spirit and matter. As for eating the fruit of this tree, the apple, separates the time when humanity was animal and nature and one with nature and God naturally. Some might say that God gave the gift of human intelligence to animal man symbolized as a snake. Suddenly, humans recognize the separation from God, the duality of spirit and matter, symbolized by the expulsion or separation from the garden, the state of oneness with God in nature. There are some people like myself that believe there was no real apple or disobedience, no original sin, that the real power lies in the hands of those who wrote history and create the myths upon which religion is based, and that the Bible was written by men from an ancient patriarchal culture, men with both personal and political agendas to keep the masses, and especially women, as slaves, in their place, if you will, by saying that God ordained it and then provided a book to prove it. I sometimes wonder if the real intention of the Adam and Eve story was to intentionally put the blame for anything that ever goes wrong squarely on the women of the world. As according to the ancient Hebrews, and some might argue still that women were little more than property, valued for their reproductive ability. Breeders first and foremost. One may also conclude that women have never really left that enslavement. So with that being said, I believe that there is definitely a dark side to any religion as they have created a legacy that has seeped into all cultures around the globe to keep the masses in line as more people are starting to use some critical thinking and have started to realize that all religious doctrines in one way or another has played a major part in division, hate, racism, bigotry, sexism, subversion, and physical and mental abuse of their followers. I mean, just look at how many churches, uh, church leaders, priests, religious cult leaders, and the like have been outed over the last quarter century of horrendous acts such as pedophilia, sex trafficking, financial theft from their constituents, and on and on. I believe that human history has a pretty grim, grim story to reveal during the Christian Crusades and during the Salem Witch Trials, which killed many innocent people, all in the name of God and the fear of the unknown. And it couldn't be better explained 
than a passage I read from a book called The Societal History of Crime and Punishment in America. I'd like to share it with you. Quote, a number of historians have speculated as to why the witch hunts occurred and why certain people were singled out. These proposed reasons have included personal vendettas, fear of strong women, and economic competition. Regardless, the Salem witch trials are a memorial and a warning to what hysteria, religious intolerance, and ignorance can cause in the criminal justice system. When driven by fear of the unknown, some people have always reacted with irrational and cruel actions. Unquote. So thousands of years later, we are still killing our brothers and sisters in the name of God in fear. So it would seem that many rational thinking people in the 20th century still live in the fear of God. And I've never really understood that concept because if there is such a supreme being or God and he's a living God, a loving God, why would humans live in fear of God? A God we cannot see? A God no one actually can prove beyond a doubt at, you know, that actually exists outside of their personal convictions, of course, a story handed down through the ages. And yet we still justify our devious actions with that famous assertion that God gave man free will and all is forgiven if we confess our sins. Really? Then what is there to be afraid of, right? And although we've come a long way from the Salem witch trials to the point where we embrace the practice of witchcraft today in some areas of the world, and yet we continue to ostracize the atheists. We criticize those who require hardcore evidence of such an enlightened, omnipresent being. I'm one of those who question the existence of such a being for many reasons, and one being that I am of a scientific mind, and I do require hard and indisputable proofs for any claims that do not appear to be self-evident. So far, no one's been able to prove or provide me that proof, and in my mind, most likely never will. I sometimes wonder if we as humans, after thousands of years of existence, can ever come to terms with our dark side. Can we learn to live in harmony or at the very least acknowledge it enough to take strides to contain it, enough to use it for the betterment of society as a whole? And to that point, we can't fix what we can't see, as in we can't fix what we refuse to acknowledge. If we as a whole are able to evolve into a healthy, functioning society, as we enter into the age of Aquarius, we must expose the dark areas within our lives, feel the pain, so we can get to know ourselves on the deepest levels, to heal it. That being said, those areas of our lives that are no longer relevant to our understanding and growth our ambitions, our aspirations, and our true identities. We must clear a space 
for an intensity of reflection that can help us rebuild on a stronger foundation that is more aligned with our deeper truths. Even when that means we have to let go of significant people or things so that we may grow in compassion as we allow our hearts and minds to finally acknowledge the universal sufferings and our connections to all of humanity. As we go through these tumultuous times right now, many people are unsure of what tomorrow will bring and if life will ever get back to normal. I'll be covering some of that in our next episode and the possible answers to such questions. So let me end the show today with a quote. The shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality. For no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort. To become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge. Carl Jung, 1951 As we come to the end of the show today, I hope I've enticed your mind just a little bit. Maybe you're asking yourself a few new questions or maybe found an answer to some. I'd love to hear your thoughts as to what you may have received out of the show today and what dark areas you'd like to explore here on future episodes. I'm looking forward to diving deep into many more fascinating topics with you. And I'm looking forward to bringing our audience some special guests now and again as we dissect many fascinating human experiences. So thank you for checking in. Remember to tap that subscribe button on your way out or hit the share button so that you won't miss a moment. Feel free to leave your comments, questions, and suggestions. Find us on podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast fix on. And always more info on our website at www.tdsothc.com. And remember, if today has you feeling anxious, confused, triggered, or even weary, take a moment right now to quiet your mind. Breathe. Let go of all distractions. Embrace mindfulness. Focus your intentions on what you really want. Clarify and let go of what no longer serves you. And remember your determination is your power and your peace to realize your true purpose. As these brief but mindful moments can allow you a new path to arise. So till next time, walk in the light on the dark side. Right here where your vibe attracts your tribe.